Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 264 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Omnipod, Dexcom, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, or dancing the number four diabetes.com. Vicki is a returning guest, and she's here today for one specific reason to talk about how she boluses for a keto diet. Oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. You have to bolus for protein and fat? Uh-huh. Consider this one a beautiful standalone. It's just a short conversation about how to bolus for a specific meal, timing, and a little bit of the details around it. Or, and this is how I think of it, it's an extension of the Diabetes Pro Tip episode at episode 263, just the one before this. So if you haven't heard 263, my opinion, you'll listen to that one first, then this one. But listen, I'm not your mom. I'm not here to tell you what to do. You handle it any way you want. Just know in my mind, they're sort of the same episode. They could have been together, but the other one was a pro tip, and I wanted to keep that series just me and Jenny. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical plan or becoming bold with insulin. Do you know what episode you were on before? Do you know the number of it by any chance? Mm, I want to say 191, one, something like that. Really? I don't know. Is Hold on a second. We should finish the sentence or something like that. I don't know why you named it that way, actually. Yeah, because that, yeah, no one knows why any of them named <laughs> it that way. 191 is shame cycle, so I know that wasn't you. So hold on a okay. sentence. Hold on a second. 171. We should finish the sentence. Episode 171. And it says, and it says no, not platypus, platitudes. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. Vicki and Scott discuss everything you can think of and two things that you can't about type 1 diabetes. No more platitudes. Finish the sentence. All right. Well, I don't remember either, but I bet you people should go listen <laughs> to it. But, but I'm having you back today, uh, and let's give people a tiny bit of context. Vicki, since you've been on the show, I have... Uh, visited your home state and spoken at uh, your JDRF conference because you are actually an employee of that chapter. That's uh, right. Which I was really grateful for. It was very uh, thrilling and uh, second biggest crowd I've ever spoken to in my life. Very cool. I didn't mean to judge you by not just saying the biggest crowd, but the truth is <laughs> it was the second biggest. Uh, had a wonderful time. Met a lot of great people that I I see online today, almost every day, listening to the podcast and everything. It was really a wonderful experience. But while I was out there, you had to pick me up from the airport. So for all you mm-hmm. people who think like, you know, you roll up at the airport, jump off the private plane, the JDRF sends a stretch limo. <laughs> it's not what happens. Vicky rolls not up that, and she's like, glamorous. beep, beep, get in, buddy. You know, like, like it's sort of like that. So on the way back to drop me off at my hotel, we stopped and got food. And Vicky ate that day what I would consider to be almost no carb or very, very low carb. And um, we sat down, and she ate her food. We talked, and I don't know how long we were there. I imagine it felt like it was a half an hour, maybe. And we got back in the car, and we're driving, 
And then we're stopped at a traffic light, and Vicky whips out her PDM from her Omnipod and starts giving herself insulin. And I was mesmerized. I was like, wow, what is happening here? And she said, I have the bolus for the protein rise, which I was gobsmacked. I was like, that's brilliant. And she put in insulin, and I never heard her CGM after that. And and it was pretty crazy. So Mm -hmm. while I don't subscribe to a low-carb diet, and Arden doesn't, a lot of people who listen to the podcast do. And the other day, someone said to me, I don't know how to bolus for these, you know, for these situations. I'm trying to eat lower carb or I forget what they said. If it was keto, I don't know. Like all those words don't mean a lot to me, but I'm the idea of not not having a lot of carbs. Right. And Mm -hmm. I thought I am going to have Vicky come on and explain how she boluses her meals. And now here you are. And here I am. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. It's exciting to be back. I can only imagine how excited you must be. (laughs) It's got to be overwhelming, really, the, just the joy. You're probably vibrating. <laughs> See, Vicki and I now know each other, so this do, podcast yeah. <laughs> could go way off the rails. Let's go through it first. What do, how do you characterize the way you eat? Well, I, I think it's been a learning experience over the last two and a half years. So I was doing low-carb off and on prior to that. And within the last two and a half years, I would say I'm more keto, but I don't really subscribe to the fact that I label myself keto. I love this new craze. I love the new food options that are out there, but I do it because I love the blood sugar control that it gives me. And you're saying keto, not Kato, not Green Hornet's sidekick from the 50s or 60s <laughs> television show, right? No, I don't even know what you're talking are about. Are you there. serious? <laughs> no. Unbelievable. You know, you're very closely just going to make this episode called Kato or, <laughs> or keto, not Kato or something like that. I hope you know that. Just by not, you don't know the Green Hornet? No. Oh, Vicky, that's a different thing then, I guess. We have to get yeah. past that and keep moving. So, so, all right. All right, so explain to me what keto means, because I definitely don't know. So the idea of keto is to switch your body from burning glucose for energy to burning ketones for energy. And that's where the keto diet came from. So you don't do sugar, you don't do complex carbohydrates, you really cut back on even the fruit that you eat. So the idea is to eliminate the glucose so that your body burns ketones. Okay. And so ketones aren't something that I have in this fat on my stomach, right? It's it's a... I, I wasn't, I didn't have like a reserve of it. I wasn't using, and now I've gotten rid of all my glucose. So it's like, Hey, this, but it really does. I don't know another way to say it, but it, it just cuts the fat off of a person. Like you are incredibly lean if you're doing a keto diet and it's really working for you. Is that right? Yes. I mean, there are exceptions for sure, but I think that for the most part, what happens is if your body stops burning glucose, it starts using the fat in your body as energy. And that's where the the fat starts to just kind of dissolve on a keto diet. Gotcha. Now we're getting off track here, but I have to understand something and maybe you don't know. And we should be clear that Vicky's not a doctor. She's a person who picks up people like me at the airport and, (laughs) and does other things. Right. But, but what if I, what if I go keto and all of the fat in my body disappears, what do I do the next day? Like now you're saying my energy comes from ketones. So my body, so it's funny because people who have type one diabetes hear ketones, they think, oh, ketones bad. Because Mm -hmm. when you don't have enough insulin, your body also produces ketones, they're not bad. So what's the difference between ketones that I get if I don't use my insulin correctly and ketones I get if I eat 
with this diet because they, they can't be the same thing, obviously. Right. So like you said, Scott, I'm not a doctor, so I'm going to explain it the way I understand it. Ketones, your body burns ketones even when you're in a fasted state, when you may be sleeping for eight hours. If, if you've ran out of glucose and your body needs a little bit more energy, it's, it can start burning ketones. So you could theoretically be passing ketones when you wake up in the morning. Ketoacidosis is lack of insulin. So when your body doesn't have enough insulin and it starts spilling ketones, that's where it becomes dangerous for a diabetic. And there's a lot of further explanation that I don't quite understand either, but that's kind of how I separate it in my head. All I'm trying to do is is just help you understand my experience and what I've found, because again, I've been doing this for two and a half years. And again, like you said, there are so many opinions out there. I personally am not necessarily one to say every diabetic has to eat this way. I would actually go as far to say, I think every person should be eating this way because the way it makes you feel is just so much better. You have so much more energy. Um, you don't have the bloating that you do when you eat a big meal. Um, even if I eat a big meal, because I don't eat all the carbohydrates, I feel better. So I would go as far as to say, I think everybody should be eating this way. Okay. So that, that is, I think that's incredibly valid. Now, I have done a low carb diet in the past and I can't argue with anything you just said. I lost weight. I wasn't as bloated. I felt better. I had more energy. I didn't get oddly tired at weird times of the day for no reason. Mm -hmm. It's just there's, you know, there's no way around it. That is exactly what happened to me. Um, I also, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could do it forever. There was a moment six months into it where I just thought to myself, I can't eat this food anymore. You know, like it just felt like I needed more variety. Now I understand it's a different world. I'm probably talking about, my gosh, I'm probably talking about 20 years ago. And, right. You know, and, and now there are like, you know, there are companies making great foods that, you know, mimic what you're accustomed to and, and do a really good job of it. So, yeah. And yeah. great ingredients now, like almond flour instead of regular flour. So I can make desserts, you know, so there's, there's a lot of options out there right now. I hear people say almond flour a lot. I don't know what they're talking about. I just, I look at the almond and I think, how are they getting in the flour out of it? But then again, when I look at them and I hear about almond milk, I think there are no nipples on almonds. <laughs> That's I right. I, know, you know, I maybe just don't understand. Anyway. Uh, okay. So let's put us in a real world situation. Why don't we take us back to that moment that you and I were together? You had a mixture of food. I feel, I feel like you had greens. I think you ate a burger outside of a roll, like some other stuff I don't know exactly. I don't remember anymore. If you remember, that'd be great. But if not, just tell, walk me through a meal. Like, how do you do this? I do remember. I remember I had just a hamburger. I think it had bacon on it. And I think you're right. It had maybe some lettuce and tomato. And I did not eat the bun. Um, that meal for me is obviously a lot of protein, very little vegetable. So that's something that I need to plan for the protein spike. And the protein spike for me is is longer. It takes a while for that protein to actually break down into glucose. So it takes a while longer for it to start acting. So I want to put the insulin in I don't pre-bolus for that meal. So I want to put the insulin in after I've already eaten. And when I know that that protein maybe start turning into glucose. Okay. Do you know, 
can you put into words the idea of protein turning into glucose? Like what do you, like what's your understanding of what happens? I think the uh, lack of glucose in my body means that my body still needs glucose to function. That's my understanding. And when it doesn't have it from the food that you take in, it will turn the protein into the glucose that you need. So that's my understanding of how it works. Glucogenesis, I believe, something like that. I don't know. Your body really does take care of itself as far as making what it needs from the food that you eat. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, what you just described is sort of amazing. It's not as amazing as making a baby or something like that, but it's still pretty amazing that your body can do things like that. Like, just say, hey, I need glucose. Here are the ingredients I have. Right. I was watching a cooking show the other day um, on Netflix, by the way, in case anybody likes it. It's uh, from John Favreau. If you ever saw the movie Chef, um, which is a great Mm-hmm. Just a little underserved movie that's fantastic. And so he's doing this Netflix special with the cook who taught him how to cook for to be in the movie. And they're going to all do, do all these wonderful things. And they got to this place the other day, and they just made lunch out of what was there. And it made me think of what you just said. Like, your body's like, all right, here are the ingredients I have. I need to get glucose, and, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll turn this protein into glucose. That's kind of fascinating, you know? Um, and so... Is it the same every time? Like, do, like, can you set a clock to it? Like, do you eat and go, hey, in 40 minutes I have to bolus? Or is it not that simple? So I would say, I would even maybe even back up a second. Because I think what's important for everyone to understand is, and why I reached out to you in the first place. Because one of the questions that you asked me was, I don't... I don't know low carb. Arden doesn't eat low carb. Why are you why are you contacting me? Why do you listen to the Juice Box podcast? And I still use all the methodology that you talk about on the podcast. And I still use all the tips and all the tricks. The only one that I've modified is really timing. When I bolus and when I give myself insulin, and it truly is a learning experience with the help of the Dexcom. So if I didn't have the Dexcom, I wouldn't be able to see that I need that insulin 30 minutes later than I actually do. And it is an experiment. You do have to figure out what works for you. But its I don't feel like it's that much different than figuring out how to eat pancakes. Right. It's your, it's I, sort of the same thing as figuring out your pre-bolus time. You ate, you exactly. wait, waited to see when, you help, when your blood sugar starts going up and instead of putting an insulin and waiting to see when your blood sugar starts going down. You just right. fig- figure out that timing. Do right. um, anyone else, um, I mean, you must know other people and like, I'm assuming you have like a witch's coven of keto eaters or something <laughs> like that, friends or something. Um, but, but are their lead times different than yours or do you know? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, one of my little tips for everyone that I would like to leave with them is I follow a friend of mine who eats very similar um, as I do, um, Julie. Julie's a big fan of yours too. Hi, Julie. And- <laughs> Hold on, wait, let's take a second. Thanks for listening, Julie. Tell a friend. Appreciate it. Maybe leave a, a rating and a review on iTunes. No, I'm sorry. Just kidding. Go ahead. No, Julie. Julie, appreciate you listening. Thank you. So we follow each other's Dexcom, and it's been really valuable to me. I've never followed anyone before, so it's been really valuable to me to see like some of the the trends that she has and we'll share with one another. Oh, I just ate this meal and I just missed it. And here's what I've done. And we are both very different. 
uh, how we how we manage things, even though we go about kind of the same eating habits, we have the same goals set for our blood sugar. And yet we still manage it differently. My lead time is different than hers. Um, if she does have a meal where she decides to eat carbs, because yes, we do. <gasps> I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do occasionally. Um, I just, this is a lifestyle for me. I do it because I want amazing blood sugar control and it's easier for me to eat this way. So if I decide I want to have chips and salsa, which is kind of my weakness and tacos, um, I plan for it. I do pre bolus, but I do end up hours later having to really monitor and watch out for my blood sugar because I can spike even like four to five hours later. So I really have to keep an eye on that. And my Dexcom allows me to do that. Imagine if you were in the market for a new television or a car, piece of furniture, and the company that you were thinking of buying from said to you, don't even bother worrying about all this. Let us just send the car to your house drive it for a few days. Let us know what you think. If you want to keep it, that's great. And if you don't, don't worry. Just, you know, no harm, no foul. We don't mind. We're just happy to let you try it. Well, that's what Omnipod does with their insulin pump. Did you know that? Did you know that if you go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box, you can get a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod sent directly to your house? right now for doing nothing just filling in like the information they need to get it to you omnipod calls that a pod experience kit and they'd be thrilled to send you one right now this way you can try on the omnipod and wear it or a loved one can try it you can have the absolute experience of wearing an omnipod so that you can see how it would work in your life and if you'd like to keep going with it omnipod's happy to help you and if you don't that's okay too it's up to you it's your choice this is how it should be now, you're not going to catch other insulin pump companies sending out a free demo of their insulin pump. I mean, how could they? But Omnipod can. Why? Because the Omnipod is a small, self-contained device, right? There's no big gobs of tubing like spaghetti everywhere, just plastic tubing up your nose and around your shirt and under your belt. That doesn't exist with Omnipod. Omnipod's just this little cool thing. Try it out. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box and try the free no obligation demo today. Arden has been using an Omnipod for over 11 years, and I count it as one of the best decisions that we've ever made. Julie is not necessarily the same way. So it has been so insightful and so fun and just informative to be able to follow one another and help each other out. So if you guys know anyone that you could follow, um, it's it's been extremely beneficial. I uh, learn a lot from following other people's Dexcoms too. Mm -hmm. I really do. So, um, oh, my, my daughter's texting me. I'm trying. What does that mean? No. Okay. I know what that means. Sorry. I didn't mean to jump out there. I saw a text and I was like, is there a problem? But there's not a problem. Her blood sugar is like 130. It's after lunch. We're doing great. Nice. So, okay. Um, tips and tricks, anything you would tell people who are trying to figure out how to, so now, most people listening to this who are listening to the podcast, and I've never done like a, a Gallup poll, but I'm assuming most people are eating carbs, but mm -hmm. still see protein rises. So they sort of have two different things going on. They have the impact of those carbs and that glucose like right away, 
and then they have the rise they can get from protein later. Some people get, some people don't. It's more, or you know, sometimes it can be more um, impactful, less, etc. But what are if if it's a person just doing keto, low carb, like you're talking about? Is, is is it that different, first of all, low-carb to keto? Like if I had – if I eat a keto meal or I had a, a carb meal with – a carb meal with like 20 carbs in it, do you see that big of a de- – um, you just talked about what you can see later. But what about in the moment? No, I think the difference between low-carb and keto is your end result. So if you're keto, your goal is to truly pass ketones, burn ketones – so that you can potentially lose weight, use it for energy, use it for mind clarity. So if that's your goal, you usually stick to 20 grams of carb or less per day. Mm -hmm. And some people can fluctuate on that, but that's kind of a good rule of thumb. And to me, if you're low carb, you're just, you're, you may be eating under a hundred grams of carbs a day, maybe less, but your end goal maybe isn't to be in ketosis. So that's where I see the difference. I just really go from meal to meal. I try to stay under 20 grams of carbs a day, but if I don't, I don't kill myself over it. Mm -hmm. And I um, manage things with my Dexcom. If I'm eating a meal that has moderate protein and maybe some vegetables like a salad with chicken on it, I can sometimes get away with not bolusing at all. But depending on what that protein spike might do, I've got my alarm on my Dexcom set at 120. So if I get to 120, I can start paying attention to it. Am I rising? Have I just kind of peaked? Am I floating there at 120? If I am, that's okay. But if I'm starting to really peak, then I'll go ahead and bolus. Are those... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, and I think the other thing that's important too that I've learned from listening to the Juice Box podcast and from you, and this was something that I really struggled with. Once I allowed myself not to count carbs anymore, it was like a whole new world opened up to me. It was like freedom. It was like I can just kind of guess, and then I'll guess, and if I don't get it right, then I'll make sure the next time I'll do it a little bit differently. And so if I was sitting here trying to calculate I've seen some people online say, okay, I'm having this many grams of protein and I need about half the amount that I would for carbs. And so I'm going to give myself that, that bolus. And that may work really well for some people. I would have failed by now if I had to do that, because I don't, I don't want to have to do math. I love the way I do it. I have great results and you giving me permission. I know don't let this go to your head, but you giving me permission not to count carbs. It's been like freedom. That sounds delightful. <laughs> Julie will love that. Thank That's you. Nice. I said delightful just for Julie, just so you know. Um, I, uh, how did that go? Did I meet her and say that I was delightful to her face? Or where did that come no. from? No. Did she just hear me say it on the podcast? And I, yeah. I, 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 all I'm trying to do, if, if I'm being honest, is I'm really trying to bring back the word delightful. I just want <laughs> I think you're doing a good job. I want people to say the world. I don't know why. I just, it's one of the words I'm trying to get back into the everyday lexicon. Um, And I'm, and I think it's incredibly funny for me to call myself delightful. Um, (laughs) I really wish I could be in the car or in someone's kitchen while they're listening, who is taking me seriously when I'm calling myself delightful. And they're like, what an egomaniac. I love that. I love those. I love those people. I really wish I could meet you because 
I, I think you just need to be around more sarcasm so that you understand it better. But it's really, I mean, Vicky, let's not lie. I, I do think I'm pretty terrific. But you are uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's face it. Do, do you think that just now when I said I do think I'm pretty terrific that people understood like the second level sarcasm there? I never know. I really can't tell. And it's not your fault if you don't understand it. I'm I'm related to people who can't pick up my sarcasm at all. <laughs> and there are times when I'm just like I should stop. Like I think they hate me. Uh but it just delights me so much that I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I know you have some fans out there that really enjoy it when you say delightful stuff. I'm doing my best here. You, you know are. what I mean? Yeah. Like I am trying to make diabetes entertaining. You ever try that? It's not that easy. No. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to yell at everybody in a second. Vicky, you're making me upset. I am over here killing myself trying to make this this education. This is basically school I'm giving you here, and I'm making it fun. You are making it fun. You got to jump up online and call me names. It's not polite. Just don't listen if you don't like it. Like, don't. By the way, if you stop listening, still stay subscribed so I get credit for the subscribe. <laughs> All right, Vicky. How I knew this would go wrong. Uh, how yeah. um, how um, is there anything I'm missing? Because I really don't know anything about this part of life. I really do want to make sure that we talk about everything that you find to be important around this, um, so that you can, so that we can, you know, kind of open it up and expand it for people who are interested. But it's, but let me go for a second and just say, what I just heard you say really made me happy. And I wish I wouldn't have just spent all that time saying delightful because I would have said delighted me. But it's um, it's that because as I'm doing this podcast, I think in the back of my mind all the time, are people hearing this? It's timing an amount. The whole thing's about using the right amount of insulin at the right time. There's really no more to it than that. Mm -hmm. and, and it's an oversimplification. At the same time, it's actually a very focused statement. And then you came on. I didn't know what you were going to say. And I feel like that's pretty much what you just said. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I was really right. Well, you know, I still use like I'm still bold with insulin. There are times that if my blood sugar is a stubborn high and I, I'm, I'm just piecemealing it and I'm trying to be nice and I'm just giving myself a little bit a dose here and there, fine. I just have to like rage bolus and give myself enough insulin so I can bring it back down. I can always correct. So bold with insulin is huge. It's I've been following that ever since I've been listening to you. Wow. Trust what you know to happen will happen. I mean, even with low carb, if you've been eating the same meal and you know that you're going to go high in three hours time because that protein is going to spike you, then, then, do the bolus later or extend the bolus or, you know, do none up front and do all of it later if you have to bolus now because you may forget in 30 minutes. I do that strategy a lot where I'll go ahead and put a bolus in, but I won't have it start until 30 minutes or an hour later. Okay. And then the one that's huge is using your Dexcom. And setting your parameters, if I were to be at, you know, 80 and 200, it would be too late. I wouldn't be able to catch it. So I've got it set at 70 to 120. And if my alarm goes off at 120, then I know I've got to pay attention. And do I need a little bit more insulin? Do I need to bolus? Or am I just going to kind of coast and, and trend back down? So everything that you've been talking about applies to low carb too. It's just the timing is different. 
Yeah, in many ways, if not almost all of them, it's exactly the same. And like you're saying, besides the timing, and I would probably ask one more question, is it also impact? Like, because you're not eating things with the same glycemic load, probably do spikes not happen as quickly when they happen or do, do they still? No, they don't happen as quickly. And and if I'm eating, like I said, if I'm eating fiber, if I'm eating a big salad, if I'm eating more fat, the time that you and I had lunch together, I, I was basically protein and fat. That was it. Yeah. And I knew that would spike much, much later. So I was able then to, and I should have just bolus when I ate and said none up front because you know, life gets busy and you you get talking to me in the car and I lose track of time. But, um, it's, it usually is about, I usually don't bolus if I eat that kind of meal for a half hour to 45 minutes after I've eaten it. Okay. All right. That's perfect. I appreciate you doing this. Hey, real quickly for anybody out there listening at other JDRF events, would you suggest that they bring me out? I definitely would. We had such a great reaction and you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm um, adding to the ego here, but that's okay. I'll do it for a second. We had such a great reaction from Scott coming out. Um, so many people crowded in to listen to his breakout, even after he did his keynote session. And we've got several people that want to have you back. So you may be coming back to Arizona. I like it there. Uh, by the way, could it be warmer next time I come? Because it was cold and rainy and I didn't think it mm-hmm. rained in Arizona and you flew me into Arizona. It was raining. Well, if you came this month, it would definitely be warmer, but no guarantee. Can you tell, can I tell you how sad it made me that you put me in this very lovely hotel across the street from where the California angels were doing their spring training and it was raining. So they weren't playing. And I had, I had like this, well, here's the funny story is I thought I had three hours till I had to be at this dinner after I landed. It turns out I was completely wrong about that. So I was and this is not to be pictured, no one picture this, but I was like naked in the hotel room, like getting ready to get in the shower when I recognized that the car was picking me up in 20 minutes. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm rolling around the room. I'm thinking, you know, I'll shave, I'll get a shower and maybe hopefully they'll start playing baseball across the street. Then I wonder what I'll do with this time. It turns out because, you know, the time had changed. I didn't really pay attention to that fact. Yeah. I was incredibly that? late. Anyway, I still showed up. I came through. <laughs> yes, you did. It was great. We loved having you. Yeah. So just Vicky, one more time, say how great I was. And I'm just kidding. Um, no, I seriously, I love coming out to those events. I love meeting people who are not thinking this way. And it's so interesting to talk to them and watch the gears turn in their head. Like that, that's my favorite part. Like I, I love watching someone think, oh my gosh, I've been struggling all this time. And you're telling me there might be a different way. And then this person's explaining this different way to me. And it's making sense. I love watching the the dots start getting connected. It's really, uh, it's a lot of fun and, and uh, I really do enjoy it. I love seeing people in our community saying, oh my gosh, my A1C came down two points since Scott came to the, to the type one nation. And that just, that just thrills me. It's, it's just great. I love hearing stories like that. It really is cool. Um, I, I, and I genuinely appreciate you. Uh, you know, you took a, you, you had me out early on before a lot of people had me to those events. And it's, it's no stretch of uh, the imagination to, uh, to imagine that the JDRF uh, doesn't always have people like me out to their events. 
And so mm. when your chapter does have me out, they're, uh, they're a pretty progressive chapter and you should thank them uh, because they really are looking out for you. They're trying to find ways for you to, uh, to live better. So it's very cool. All right, uh, yeah. Vicki, I genuinely appreciate this. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hope I was helpful. I think you are, but I don't know anything about it. So you could have been making the whole thing up and I would never know. (laughs) (laughs) Huge thanks to Vicky for coming back on the show a second time and sharing how she handles her keto diet. Thanks also to Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. I want you to remember that you could go to dancing4diabetes.com right now and just have your heart filled with goodness. How could you do better than that? You can follow them on Instagram or Facebook. And if you want one of those fancy Dexcom G6s, go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And of course, to get the free no obligation pod experience kit from Omnipod, myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Let me take a second to thank you guys for the newest ratings and reviews on iTunes, which I guess Apple wants us to call Apple Podcasts. Bunch of new ones came in this week. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Love the five-star reviews. Also, my Facebook page, Bold with Insulin, you may have heard, has a little private group going. And I say a little private group, and I'm looking because, ooh, once I approve this person who's asking to be in the private group, it has 801 members. And when you go in there, it's really amazing. It's people like you. Listeners of the podcast who are helping each other using like phrasing and terms and ideas they learned on the podcast. It's very meta and amazing. And you should check it out if you're interested. And if you're not interested, please don't check it out. No pressure here. Last thing, right? Go to juiceboxpodcast.com and you scroll and you scroll and you scroll, right? There's a, you can sign up for the mailing list. And then, oh, here it is merch. T-shirts, just added a bump and nudge shirt. There's more of that to come. There's stickers with all your favorite sayings on there. There's a very cool Be Bold tote bag. Stop the Arrows shirts, Be Bold shirts, Juicebox Podcast logo, and there's mugs. I didn't imagine these would be so popular, but they are. Coffee mugs with all your favorite sayings. Stop the Arrows, bump and nudge, pre-bold. Wake up in the morning, get yourself a cup of coffee, remind yourself to stop the Arrows, or whichever saying really resonates with you. These items are not a huge moneymaker for me. Um, They were asked for by a lot of listeners. I found a way to give you guys quality items that where the shipping's handled and everything, and I don't really, you know, need to make make stuff at my house and send it to you. It's cool if you want it. If you don't, you know, it's cool too. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm keeping whatever money I do make off them. I make a couple bucks off of each thing. I put it back into the podcast mostly or pay my bills. So if there's something there that you like, that's amazing. If there's not... Just keep listening. Share the podcast. That's what you can do more than anything. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want a mug, but you can't afford a mug, but you want to help, tell someone else about the podcast. That helps as much, if not more, than anything else. I can't spend that, but it is really helpful.